Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broaden our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Michael. Hello. And Jason. Hey, everyone. For the first time of 2022, what's up, guys? How ya doing? Okay, so far, but you know, it's early in the year yet, so we'll see what the year holds. Yeah. I kind of just do, you know, clean slate when that year rolls over. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> it's like nothing matters that came yeah. before. <laughs> what, who are you? Why are we here? You guys <laughs> not my beautiful house. You guys totally didn't bash a Sono movie last time, so I don't, I don't know what happened. No. I don't think I bashed it. And I definitely didn't hold a grudge. <laughs> oh God, it's going to be all Sono movies. From <laughs> so today we are starting off our first theme block, which we have introduced. If you listen to our bonus episode. We're going to be doing Giallo films for Giallo January. Giallo! Yes. Very excited about it. We will probably spill into February doing those, but that's fine because Giallos are awesome. Giallo oh. February. It's fine. That's good. It doesn't quite have the same ring. <laughs> well, and who needs it? We're kicking it off with Michael's pick from 1972, Death Walks at Midnight. Yeah. But first, like always, let's warm up a little bit and talk about what we have been watching. What have we been watching? Uh, Dustin and I both watched Giallo. What'd you watch? Oh, no, I've got some movie? stuff to talk about. Huh. Oh, you told me you were going to do... Uh, I changed my mind. Fine. <laughs> it's Dustin the Contrarian. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll go last, because I did. All right, I'll go. I, watched, I watched a couple Giallo. There's something else Jolly. I really wanted to talk about, so... It's probably... Yeah, All right, sure. I got one to talk about. Um, I watched a movie from 2015 called Headless. Okay. Um, Never heard of it. Yeah, it's one of those indie uh, gore pictures. It's, uh, it's a snuff film. <laughs> is it is it extreme like a stream horror? Or? Uh, it wants to be. Was it, it on eight millimeter? <laughs> no. Although it was made like it was a lost film from the late seventies. That was the oh. conceit, and of course, it looked nothing like that. Did it have a bad filter? Every now and then, mm. when they whenever they did the and I'm air quoting here, whenever they did the real changes, mm-hmm. it would look scratchy for a few minutes, and then it would go back to kind of normal. Ah. Um, after unearthing the lost slasher film from 1978 in the movie found, this is a different movie by the same people, which I've also seen. It was pretty good, but found came out in 2012 and headless was a movie featured in that movie found. Okay. Very meta. So this is like an indie cinematic universe. Sort of. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, the now grown up skull masked boy abducts and tortures helpless women. Now he needs one more victim. Will her blonde-haired head end up as the killer's latest trophy? Um, evil dies tonight. <laughs> evil dies tonight. Uh, it's <sighs> a low-budget gore film. Tomorrow. Evil dies tomorrow. <laughs> For what it is, it actually isn't that bad, if you if you like this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's some pretty decent effects. Some they linger on too long. Of course, the the plot is threadbare. It's the same thing we've seen before. Uh... I can't hate it, though. But I'm also kind of a gore hound, so, mm. you know. Do I need to see Found to appreciate... No, you do no. not. Okay. You do not. But Found is actually a much better movie than this. Mm. And it makes the list of those disturbing movies that people have all the time. Oh, cool. I never agree with those, usually. Uh, some <laughs> of them, yes, and some no. But again, what disturbs someone may not disturb the next person. It's true. Which is definitely a theme block we should do at some point. I'm just, I'm I want to do bring, that very soon, actually. I'm going to bring It's a Wonderful Life to that one. I got some picks for that one. Can I just curate the whole block? Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> it's our host takeover. 
Uh, anyway, if you dig that sort of stuff, the low-budget gore stuff, it's streaming on... Um, that was my other question. Where can yeah, I watch it? Yeah, it's on Tubi. Mm. Tubi keeps hitting it in there with the... They've got some yeah. good stuff Surprisingly now. solid. They yeah. really do. I hate the commercial thing, but... Yeah, like, yeah, it's like a... It's like a movie's only like an hour twenty, but with the commercials, it's like a one forty-five or something. I can't, I can't be too mad at them. It's for free it though, because yeah. it's free. You know what I noticed is they have every season of Dark Shadows. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I saw that too. I thought about going back and rewatching those, but <laughs> Tiffany oh God, and I have debated about like doing the whole thing, and we're like, oh, it's it's a commitment though. You gotta watch, just watch the highlights, watch the Barnabas episodes. Mm-hmm. That's all you really need. Well, I noticed on there they've divided it, so they have the chunk that's like before Barnabas, and then the chunk that's like once he shows up. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, I take that back. It's not on Tubi. It's on Plex. The fuck is Plex? You don't know Plex? No. Okay, Plex is actually a pretty good resource for horror films too. They have the same thing. It's the same ad setup, but they actually have a lot of good stuff. On I there. thought Plex was the thing that you have your own server and then like people put you can stream shit like on it. computer no. to TV or mm-hmm. something. No. Yeah. Did they go like straight or something? It, it, may, have, it may be yeah. that sort of thing. They may they may have gone straight because people are always like it's on my Plex account, and I'm like. It's a fucking pirated movie, man. And they're oh, okay. like, well, they're it's like yeah, likely. you want to watch it it's on my Plex account. It's, like, pretty no. much, it's pretty much a 2B now. Mm. I don't want to You know, that's and... kind of like Crunchyroll. They started as like a pirated anime site, and then they went legit. Yeah, yeah. right. But uh, check it out. It's got some, they got some good stuff on there. Cool. You go. All right, I've got a double header, because there's two I really want to talk about. A double headless. Yep. So this is jumping back into the last year, but I really want to talk about both of these. It was my first trip back to the movie theater since COVID times. Yeah, huh? And I made it a big deal and saw two movies that day. Okay, because one I really wanted to see, one I didn't really care if I saw. But we'll are, are you talking about both of them? Yes. Okay, I'll try to be brief. He's cheating again. I'm yeah. cheating. Yep. That's fine. Start the year off right. I'm gonna do two. T- I'm gonna do two too. Oh, fuck. fuck. Okay. Fuck it. Do two as well. Fuck, fuck you, I Jason. I stick to the rules. Okay. You anyway, please. Lawful. Continue. Lawful good. <laughs> lawful good alignment. He's a paladin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So the first one, um, and I feel like I need to talk about it because I love Ghostbusters. I went and saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I championed it a ton in the trailers. People were, you know, hating on it already. Mm-hmm. Understandable, because that remake was pretty bad. And yeah, before, before anyone wants to write in and say anything, it has nothing to do with the fact that it was four women. No, it's just I've bad seen script. all four of them be excellent in other movies. The yeah. problem is the script, and you could take any four... Or lack thereof. Any four dudes or any four just great, amazing actors and throw them in with that script, and it would still be shit. Right. Uh, so Afterlife, I had a lot of hope for. It seemed like they were doing everything right. They were trying to, you know, honor the other two films. They were trying to, uh, you know, naturally extend that story and kind of do like the next generation sort of deal. Mm-hmm. I really didn't like it. Yeah, to be honest, I I have like zero interest in it personally. But how come I, you didn't like? Have it? either of you seen it or no? I don't. I don't. Care. I still haven't been to the theater. I mean, our our audience might care about spoilers and mm-hmm. stuff. So oh, you to, may want to stay away from to that. avoid spoilers. It just fell really flat to me and like. It seems so paper thin, like they spend a ton of the time doing like the setup for the new people, which is cool because you need to give them, you know, their time to grow and build. But it ends up being like the film feels like 80% like, you know, kind of Amblin-y style family film. Which isn't Ghostbusters. Which is, you know, in the in a modern take too. That's not Ghostbusters. And then like 20% like actual Ghostbuster film where it's like they bust one ghost and then the next thing you know, they're ramping up to the final confrontation, which is real... It was real threadbare, like, they have a villain that's, like, the villain behind things, kind of. Well, I heard that the third act is basically the first Ghostbusters movie is just remade. Done at, like, double speed. Yeah. They really rush through it, and there's no there's no gravitas, and, you know, just those moments in the first one where it's, like, 
when Gozer steps out for the first time and it's such this big moment mm-hmm. and they, they do that kind of thing here again. And it's just like, there's no, there's no spectacle to it. There's no, no build up, no things. This is another, remember this movie. Remember that you loved this when you were a kid. Remember that it is very much. So, and I guess shit. I'm getting burned out on that. And like, they talk about like so the, the, the legacy film with the legacy characters where you have the old people and set up a new situation. And I was actually thinking about that today. I had to go pick up my groceries or whatever. And I I was just randomly on a movie thought, you know, and I was thinking about like the fact that the Leatherface, the new like Leatherface trailer dropped and it's that same shit. Yeah. We're only going to do the first one. Sally's back. And I, and then I got to thinking about like, okay, when, when studios actually took a risk and they're like, well, let's just try to make a new killer. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. get or like give us a new a new movie, new heroes, anything. And then you, you know? get like um, Hatchet, yeah, mm-hmm. comes out. Sure, yes, it's derivative, but it's fun though. Also, at least it's are. new. At least it's someone different. But you get a cool new killer now. Mm-hmm. Like Victor Crowley's fun. He's cool. Mm-hmm. Or and then I got to thinking of like um, Behind the Mask, the rise oh, of God. I love that movie. movie. Yeah, like so when someone actually stops and's like, let's not do the same thing we've always done. Yeah, mm-hmm. or let's turn what we've done on its head and do something different. But, but it seems like the but that's only, a risk. It yeah. is a risk. They don't want to take a risk. Instead, you get like <laughs> that same like, let's play it safe and stick faces that you're used to. And oh, you loved this, so let's put this in here. And I'm like. Why? Just, That's my biggest gripe. Mean, I haven't seen the movie, but from the trailer, it looks it doesn't look anything like yeah. Ghostbusters. And none of the jokes really land the same. And, and they do this. This is another pet peeve I've noticed in modern films is they'll have a character who their thing is that they're a podcaster. And maybe, I don't know, I'm biased now because I am a podcaster, but it feels so inauthentic and just like tossed in there. Yeah. And it doesn't build or contribute to anything. And like you could pull it out. And the kid they do it with is like they're trying to set him up as the new Ray where he like knows all the ghost occult stuff. It could just be a kid that's into the occult. We don't need like the podcaster angle to make that be a thing. It's just very frustrating. It was very yeah. sweet and like pulled at my heart at the end. Whenever you have like all the original Ghostbusters, and I don't think it's much a spoiler to say. I think it's been out long enough. People know. Um, Egon shows back up as like a ghost, and they kind of yeah. they did it right. I thought like they don't ever make him speak. They just have like the CG ghost mm. version of him, and it was nice to see like all four of them lined up together. You know, smiling. But was blah, blah, blah. it Sebastian Shaw or was it um, Hayden Christensen? <laughs> <laughs> Which one was it? Which version did you see? Uh, um, yeah. So <laughs> he side-eyed me. He side-eyed me. Didn't care for it too much. They kind of sequel bait like another one. Of course. I, I don't know if I would even go for the the next one if they do it. I don't know. It made money, so they're going to do it. I was very, I was very money. disappointed, and I was like ready and like cheering for them for it to be good. Well, they'll do another one, and they'll take a chance to do something a little bit different, and everyone will hate it. So. Yeah. so there's that. Boom. Done. And so the other thing is, my friend Tyler wanted to go see The Eternals, which I had zero interest in. Most recent uh, Marvel film. Well, I guess yeah. now the Spider-Man one's the most recent. I know but, like uh, jack shit about The Eternals. Um, and I know you're going to say, Jason, this is like a contrarian thing. Everyone hated The Eternals. Mm-hmm. I had no expectations going in. Mm-hmm. It was really just a thing of, like, we hadn't hung out in a bit. We used to go see all the Marvel movies together until, like... COVID and everything else like stamped that out. He wanted to see it. And I was like, you know what, man, let's just go see it. Hang out, watch it. I'm just going to live at the you sure. know, Cineplex, I guess today. Right. How bad could it be? Right. Um, if nothing else, it'll be like a big bright CG thing for like a two or three hours. Surprisingly, I really, really loved it. 
Okay. It may be one of my favorite of all the Marvel movies. Really? Yeah. I'm excited. That one drops on uh, Disney Plus. Um, like the 12th, I think. Yeah. I'm actually excited for that. Um, It's universally reviled, I guess. And a lot of people say it's the very wor- worst one. But I really, really loved it. It's damn near three hours. So it's super long. <laughs> you'll, hate, you'll hate it for that, Jason. But they go so hard on like building this big mythos of the characters. And they're not even very popular Marvel characters. Um, they are ones that are interesting, I think, and I've enjoyed their comics and their, uh, you know, Jack Kirby brainchilds and I love all of his stuff. And I wonder sometimes how well those will adapt into film. Cause he has such like big ideas with oh, all of his characters, like yeah. Weird, yeah. but they really capture like the scope of the celestials and these huge, like planet sized beings that they serve. And they take the time to do a lot of flashbacks and kind of build up how like they existed through different histories throughout the earth. And their, like, interactions with humans is what spawned, like, the mythology of the gods. Because that is kind of their thing. A lot of the characters are named, like, a certain god. And it was, like, their interactions made the legends of that god. Okay. So, yeah, man. I really liked it. I really like um, Kumail Nanjiani as well. Mm -hmm. I know you're not as big a fan of him, I think. You know, when I saw the trailer, it, like, really repulsed me. But once I saw him in the film, kind of organically with everyone else, it was great. I just, I really like him. I've always liked his, his comedy I also loved the big sick. Did you see that? No, it is great. It is really I think good. I'm off the superhero train. Um, you were never on. <laughs> yeah, I was. I watched all the Marvel movies. Okay, I'll tell you what. I watched all of them. I okay. I could not watch <laughs> Iron Man two because it was boring as fuck. I stopped like halfway. Oh, through. you didn't even make it to Iron Man three, which is way worse. No, I watched Iron Man three. Why? Because everyone said it was so good. Wrong. I didn't like it at all, personally. I didn't watch Ant-Man 2. That one was pretty good. Because I saw Ant-Man 1, and it was pretty much Iron Man again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they all are the same. They're all the same, them. and that's one of my problems. The last one I watched was, uh, oh God, probably, uh, that was the last Avenger movie. Endgame? Yeah, I watched that one. And I watched uh, WandaVision, but that's it. That's all I've seen. Huh. Hmm. Well, the Eternals, I thought it was great. Good action, super fun. I'm um, on the train. It's very standalone too. So, Jason, if you would like to give it a chance, there's oh, no you don't have to see all the other yeah, fucking movies and shows. They reference, together. I think, the Thanos snap, and that's about all you really get of like continuity okay. wise. It's pretty standalone. All right, well, maybe I'll check it out one day. Michael, all right, I watched Jolly films <laughs> um, since it's Jolly January. Uh huh. Um, I watched two. One's a tie-in. But the other one that I watched that I really, really loved was Torso. Oh, I love this yeah. movie. Torso's a good one. Um, who, who did that Torso? Uh, Sergio Martino. I thought it was Martino. Martino's great. Um, so some things that kind of crossed my mind while I was watching Torso. Awesome creepy kills. Oh, yeah. Like, really creepy killer in that. But, like, I found myself noticing how much of a feminist film it was. Hmm. I like, can see that. And then I started thinking about a lot of Giallo films, and they have a lot of feminist angles. And I started wondering, was that accidental? Or. Well, they also equally kind of get the rap of being like misogynistic because there's so much violence towards women. Exactly. So that's what I kind of wondered. Like, but in Torso, you have basically incels, like a whole bunch of incels <laughs> hanging around these beautiful models. But they're the ones in control all the time. Mm-hmm. They're the ones like... There are probably people who would say that that film is misogynistic because of the fact that it's always showing like naked women. Mm-hmm. 
but they're choosing to do this. Like their characters, they have are, a lot of agency. Their characters are choosing. Like we're gonna sunbathe together. Right. Like we're just that's what we're gonna do. Or I'm going to wear this because I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, not like I felt like they weren't being objectified, but but like you see the men gawking over them, and they're the ones that you're like, good god, yeah. You know, like, right. they're always making snide remarks and everything. It's kind of like holding a mirror up to the audience and saying, kind of. don't, don't do this. But then I wonder, <laughs> you know, and, but I wonder, like, how much of that is an effect of what current culture is mm-hmm. and how much of that maybe they were trying to show at the time. I don't know. Hard to know. I don't know. Um, but Torso is really solid. Um, Shudder actually has a really great section under their collections of Giallo classics. Um, and I was just going through there, honestly, cool. just looking at something that I thought looked cool. It's a movie I love so much I bought it twice because it had a release from Blue Underground, and I bought that. And then Arrow did a remaster, which I picked up and then passed to you, Jason, my old one. Yeah, nice. It was super fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then the other one that I watched is a tie-in to our film today, um, Death Walks at Midnight. But I also watched Death Walks on High Heels, which I also watched. And I will now cabbage onto your. Um, this was also, uh, it's from the same director, um, Luciano Ercoli also has the same lead. Yep. Uh, Neves Navarro, but she's credited as Susan Scott and all of these. So I did not choose this one for today because there were some reviews that I had read that it apparently has some material that did not age well at all. Um, which happens sometimes with these films. One being, um, it did have some blackface in it. Um, which I'm still, I'm questioning how much of that, like, I shouldn't say like, well, how blackface <laughs> is it, you know, but like, well, to give are a little, you saying you don't have a problem with blackface, Michael? No, I do have a problem. To give it a little context <laughs> in, in that film, she plays uh, an exotic dancer. Uh huh. And so it's part of one of her acts that she performs. And it's, it was almost more of an Egyptian type thing she was doing but is she wearing a wig made of uh wind chimes uh yeah <laughs> like she does in today's movie she actually was i think oh well no it was a, it was uh, it was very stereotypical like the wig she had on her oh yeah, that, like, okay yeah. that was a different time a little okay. questionable the part that really like sank it for me when i was like oh i could kind of see one way or the other is she goes backstage and her boyfriend comes to see her and he's like oh i love it when you're all black like this yeah and i was like oh dude no that's yeah that eh. kind of like, had that line not been in it, you probably could have brushed over that and been mm-hmm. like, I'm not entirely sure. That made it awkward. Yeah, but that really did. So that aside, um, <laughs> blackface aside, it was pretty damn good. Dude, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. It was it was pretty awesome. And I watched it by accident because I forgot which one I said we were watching. <laughs> I was like, are we watching Death Walks at Midnight or Death Walks on High Heels? Fuck it, I'll watch them both. <laughs> Cover your bases. Uh, yeah, so that one uh, is streaming on Tubi as well. Has a good twist, I think. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of the reviews online um, get mad at the amount of red herrings that Ercole throws in. Mm-hmm. I don't I love that. That's so typical of Jolly though. I, mean, I don't mind them. That's the point. I like to get lost and I think, did this happen or did I dream it? Or I felt that way with this movie. Me too. <clears throat> There's, I mean, how many Giallo films... I, now, granted, we're, we're going to talk about this when we get into our, our main film. But, like, that's just the point of Giallo. Mm-hmm. 
Right. It's any mystery. There's always red herrings. It's like... It, Agatha, Some have more than others, but... Like, read Agatha Christie and tell me there's not, like, <laughs> ten red herrings in it. Yeah. It's just part of it, and I don't understand why people are judging these films and saying, like, oh, it's just it's a, it's a silly plot. <laughs> these are just silly. And I'm like, I think I think it's fun, and I think it's fun because most jolly, like, they challenge you as a viewer to kind of try to solve the mystery as you go. <laughs> yeah. But often it's so they imperceptible. Cheat, like a lot of yeah. mysteries, dude. They don't give you all the information. And then they info <laughs> dump everything in the last 15 minutes. So much fun. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Death Walks on High Heels. You could probably watch it as a double feature. Oh, yeah, I did. I, I, was, I did, too. But uh, were, <laughs> I did it next day. But, yeah, they were back-to-back for me. So. All right, so we're talking about Death Walks at Midnight, 1972, directed by Luciano Ercoli. It was the third Gialli that he made. Uh, he did first, uh, was it Forbidden Photos of a Lady Under above, Suspicion? Above, above suspicion. suspicion, yep. I uh, liked that title. It's a good title. It had a really good title. Jelly had the best titles. Um, then he did Death Walks uh, on High Hills, and then Death Walks at Midnight. Um, some interesting things about just chaining through the three that he worked on. Uh, all three he collaborated with uh, Ernesto Gastaldi, who's the screenwriter on all of these. Yes. Um, all three include Neves Navarro, a, uh, credited in all three as Susan Scott. In uh, Forbidden Photos, I think she's a side character, so she's not like the prominent one. But then in both the other films, she is the leading star. Cool. And they actually were married. Oh. I think nice. when I looked it up, they were married in 72, so it was either before or during or after Death Walks at Midnight. Hmm. And they actually stayed together till his death in 2015. Oh, wow. Pretty cool. That's awesome. Cool. I want to start off... She's a badass. She's amazing. She's one of the best things about this movie. Oh. I'm going to just throw it out there. Oh. What What was that? Really? Huh? What? I said she's one of the best things about this movie. There's a lot of other good things about this there movie. There are, but she's one of the best. <laughs> okay. I'll throw this out there. See see what you guys I'm think of this. I'm agreeing with him, and he's like, oh. <laughs> You're not agreeing enough. <laughs> maybe, maybe one of the most beautiful actresses to ever exist. Well, she's very pretty. I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, she's... No? Fuck you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kronos level Carolyn Monroe. Oh, Carolyn Monroe. Uh, I think she can compete. I think she's up there. Uh, Star Crash Carolyn Monroe. Uh, no, uh, I mean, she's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's got that classical Italian beauty thing going for her. Um, I'm assuming she's Italian. Maybe she's not. Anyway, it doesn't matter. An interesting European, thing. let's say that. We'll get into it more as we talk about the film, but her character is very strong, very forthright. We're talking about like female characters with agency. She has a ton of agency, and she takes no shit from anybody in this right. film. And really, in High Heels, it's maybe a little less, but it's the same, same archetype to a degree. And I actually read when I was looking up about this, that was a like style of character that Ercole really liked, that he wanted to work into his films. Apparently, it was prevalent in... Um, I think they were called photo novels, and they were kind of like uh, if you know, like a movie comic where they have like the stills of the movie, mm-hmm. and they make it like a comic. This was they took real photos and then portrayed a story with it. Okay. And I guess at the time there were a lot where they had these like very strong female characters as the lead in them. And that was a big inspiration on him for this film. Cool. Did this movie also lead uh, to the creation of the Fumettis, which were the black and white Italian comics, usually featuring uh, female heroines? 
I have no idea. Oh, okay. I don't do my research. <laughs> Maybe I read that somewhere. Looped, which... looped in or connected in some yeah, way. Yeah, I've I'm seen sure. a few of those, and they're pretty cool. Um, before we get too deep, we are talking about Giallo. It is Giallo January. We're not going to do a big breakdown on that genre, because we've already done that in a prior episode. It's worth revisiting, though. But we need to clarify some shit. <laughs> well, first let me say, if you want the big breakdown, we did it in, I think it's episode three, I want to yeah, say. Fifth chord. We covered the fifth chord, so if you were like, what the hell is Giallo? What are you talking about? Jump back to that episode, at least listen to the first half. It'll set you right. Yes. But here's some shit we need to clarify. Because some <laughs> other shit's gone down. Since in the we year, re- yeah. In the year since we recorded that. And there's been a lot of people coming out, calling fucking movies Giallo films, and they're not fucking Giallo. Does that irritate you, Michael? Yes. What? Good example. All right. So, Malignant. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, a lot of reviewers who supposedly know this shit, started calling Malignant Giallo. I think, and it's not to be derisive, a lot of people don't know what Giallo is that think they do. This is true. I don't want to be like on my horse about that, but no, it it shares some similarities, similarities with Giallo, but it is not a Giallo. It is not a Giallo at all. Um, Like as much as you would want to say, *Malignant's* inspired by Giallo, I think even more so you would say a film like *Basket Case*, right? I could see that. Yeah, has much more of a a bearing Frank Lauderdale type thing. Yeah, but there, I think I I saw somebody talk about this uh, online, and I wish I could credit who said it. Um, that rhymed. But when people start saying, like, well, let's make a genre called Supernatural Giallo, mm-hmm. that defeats the purpose. Right. And when we put names to things, we do it for a reason. Because if I, tell you, like, if I say to you that I like music, and you're like, okay, what kind of music? And I'm like, I like heavy metal. And they're like, oh, so you like jazz. Like, no, I just told you what I like because those names that we put on something define it and give you uh, it's categorical. Yeah, no. even then, heavy metal isn't enough. No, you have to go down in the subcategories: is it, is it death metal, metal black death, metal, thrash, yeah. progressive, but these, melodic but the, death. The, the, t- the names that we use to describe something mean something. Mm-hmm. So giallo is a very specific typeset, right? And we established that in the fifth chord episode where we said, you know, there's a certain number of qualities. And really, it's once you have so many, that's when you kind of like are truly a giallo in a lot of ways. Yes. Briefly, what are some of these qualities? I mean, one of the biggest things is it's it's a mystery. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. A, a thriller mystery is mm-hmm. your central thing. It usually involves a main character that gets swept up in some kind of incident. And they are kind of plunged into the role of detective for their own sake. Right. To work out what's happening. There's often a killer, usually with black gloves, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was spawned in Italy, so they're often set in such locations or other European things. Uh, there's very frequently a focus on like higher life, high society. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our lead in Death Walks at Midnight is a fashion model. Right. It's a very typical protagonist for these kind of things. And style is very important. Uh, style is very important. Visual style from the aesthetics of the way rooms are laid out, the use of color, mm-hmm. uh, the use of music too, I think. There's mm-hmm. a very certain like musical tone a lot of these have. Mm-hmm. And I think what like the reason that I get so frustrated about it is because you can call anything whatever you want, but like when you're discussing a film and you categorize it poorly, you're doing it a disservice. Yeah, you're expecting one thing when you go to watch it, and then it's not. And, and potentially you're misleading other people in a way too. Maybe not intentionally so, but 
Like what I would love to see is as like Jason made the joke about saying maybe he'll choose um, Suspiria, mm. which is such a uh, common giallo. And Maya was like, "Fuck what you, you!" What do you mean, joke? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we established on that earlier episode. That's absolutely not a giallo, in no in no way you want to put it. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that giallo and gialli films go beyond the main four directors that you might know. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more out there, and there's like this is a whole subgenre. Mm-hmm. Like this is there's and granted we only talk about several because those are the best. Mm. And it's not just Italy either. Spain had a big movement of these at the same time in the seventies. I like to think of them as like Italian Agatha Christie. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe less um Sure. Oh, and you know, know the other trait we should probably just bring up again, because it relates to this like talking about malignant and stuff like that. There may be elements of supernatural in the story, but kind of the key thing is that by the end, none of that is actually like a thing. That's all just, it might be like a false story or a trick or something. In the end, it's usually just a grounded, you have a killer. There might be some weirdness, but it's never, it's never overtly supernatural, I would right. say. Right, right, exactly. I'm off my, I'm off my soapbox. Okay. okay. And all you right. know, the other film that got tagged that last year was Last Night in Soho. Yeah. Which same I, thing. I My thing is that. like both that and malignant. The thing people say is like, oh, it's got the lavish visuals. It's not enough. And my thing is like one one element isn't enough because if that's enough, you know, is is Speed Racer the live action Speed Racer a Giallo? It has lavish or, visuals. Or the Hammer yeah. films yeah. Giallo. You know, <laughs> when you when you do that, it makes a slippery slope where like anything can be anything, and then yeah. it's like why why categorize things to start with? Then right. I'm sure there will be people who will disagree with me and say that I'm just being pedantic about it, but. Which is fine, because it's okay to be wrong. Uh, we could be wrong. Who knows? I I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't take the time to try to figure out what this genre is mm-hmm. and see all the cool stuff that's in it. And that's part of the charm, because every time I go one, go to one, I know what to expect, but then every time they also kind of do their own little twist mm-hmm. on the formula. Which is one of the things I, I really, really liked about Death Walks at Midnight. Yes, let's talk about yeah, it. So with that let's out of the way, it. let's let's dig in. Basic premise, um, our heroine, Dustin, what's her name? Valentina. Valentina. Who has her own theme song at the beginning. Yeah. Valentina. <laughs> I love that song. That was great. Uh, she agrees. She's a, a fashion model, um, or just a model. Um, but she agrees to take a new experimental drug. And be photographed and basically have her experience on this drug chronicled and photographed um, for money. Mm -hmm. By her friend, Gio Baldi, who runs a newspaper. So she takes this drug and it all starts out as you would expect. And she's kind of tripping or whatever until she sees a murder happen. And it's like a vision of a murder. Yeah, a vision of a murder. mm -hmm. And can I say this is the coolest fucking murder weapon? Oh, my God. It's a fucking spiked gauntlet. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a, there's a ton of stuff I want to talk about just in this opening scene. So first, yes, the spiked gauntlet is an amazing kill weapon. But as she starts to, I, I don't want to say freak out, but as she starts to freak out, mm-hmm. you know, and realize what she's seeing, her friend just continues to take pictures upon pictures and never, like, at once says, like, you know, <laughs> this is this really happening? Well, it's, also, he violates her trust because she right. did, okay she doesn't want her face shown right right mm-hmm. so he puts a blindfold on her you know like a sleeping mask and they say thing. no names no names he repeatedly says her name because they're recording it too yeah um and takes a blindfold off but also 
she's so concerned about no one seeing her face, but she's right in front of a huge wall-sized picture of herself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, she's trusting him. And I think there is a sub theme in this whole film about like the sleaziness of the press and, you know, doing anything to get the story. Sure. Do you guys not have a giant picture of yourself? Like I have a giant picture of you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I took that picture for uh-huh. you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, things I wanted to talk about this opening scene, the very start of it, I think it's amazing. Like the aesthetics of it. Cause it's really just Valentina kind of walking the street and going into her like apartment penthouse place, but just the way it's shot and the music. And then when she gets in her like penthouse and the way it's laid out and the, just the set and the scenery design is like, yeah, Oh, it's just the charm and the like visual flair of it all. It's Why all did very, we like, stop having circular beds? Yeah, yeah, it's all very Art Nouveau. You know. It just washes over me, and I hate to do the thing where you like shit on modern films, but I'm just like, you could watch a thousand modern movies, and they wouldn't have the like charm and sense of design that this one like scene in this film has. Right. It's very. I don't want to say it's dated because it's almost like a fixture in its own place. Mm-hmm. You know, like. It almost exists outside of time. You could look at it and go, well, that's super 70s. But it's not. Like, it's it's just giallo. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at it, and it's just, yeah. it's a giallo. Purely set. distilled. Like, if you needed to show someone, like, what it is, boom, just, like, show that scene. Yeah. And there's even the fun uh, fiber optic light mm-hmm. lamp. Yeah, someone I went to Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> yeah. And then the apartment that's across the street, which is where the murder takes place, that's an interesting set too, I think, because it's this weird penthouse that like later when they go to explore it, it's a long hallway and there's doors off it and we don't see the whole extent of it. But on the one side, the two double doors open into the room where the murder happens and it's just this long, like rectangular room, stark white. It's got like the paneled ceiling Mm -hmm. and there's just two thin strips of fluorescent lights that run. It's almost like it's an office building that's been gutted. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought it was. But then at the back of it, there's glass doors that open out onto a little veranda. Mm -hmm. Well, it's Italy. You have to, even in the office, Mm -hmm. you have to take time for your cigarette break and your espresso break. So you want a veranda to do it on. (laughs) But it's so visually interesting and striking. And then when you start seeing the murder, it happens in that room. And there's like the contrast of like, as he's bashing her face, the blood is splitting out and it's hitting all this whiteness. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, it's gorgeous. There's yeah. a lot of people who I'm, I, that I think if you were to take a younger viewer, like a younger film viewer that would look at this and go, but the blood looks so cheesy. It's supposed to. Mm-hmm. But you it's get that also, it didn't matter. It wasn't about authenticism. Authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Symbology. <laughs> <laughs> it's about effect. But know. like Dustin said too, you get the contrast of the stark white with the red blood. I mm-hmm. mean, Tenebrae did that too. So sure. it's you know, it's a common It's a hallmark of this subgenre. Yeah. Even Savini's blood and Donald the Dead didn't look convincing, you know? Yeah. It's it's a comic book. I get so tired it doesn't of that. Need to. I get tired of that book. argument though. Yeah. Like, it looks so fake. It's art. It's fucking art. Anyway. <laughs> Curious on Dustin, because Well, here's a question I'm gonna go ahead and raise right now. Okay. So she takes this new drug, which mm-hmm. I think was HDR, they were calling it. That's the it. other thing, is I think it's an interesting start, because we're just throwing right into this, and it's like, all right, I'm going to take this drug. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So does this drug like give her sensory perception? Like well, they, sensory perception they say powers? it's uh, hallucinogenic. We know that about okay. it. But she's seeing a murder. That, it turns out this murder happened six months prior, correct? Mm. Yes. That's a like later that. plot development, though. We go for a yeah. while where we not, don't really know that not yet. Not too long, but yeah. But anyway, so she sees the vision of this happening, and it happened. Mm-hmm. So we're getting into like 
supernatural or science fiction territory here a little bit, right? I've got a comment on it, but I'll save it to okay. a little deeper All right. in the plot. All right, let's continue. Hold that question sure. in your mind. You're going to have to leave this one because I, I get lost. <laughs> oh, no, and okay. I also it's a very watched, convoluted plot. But I also watched this one and Death Walks on High Heels so close together kind of I'm blend. afraid that I'll put yep. one, that I'll do the wrong movie. <laughs> Did your, uh, the ones you all watched, was it subtitled? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine yeah. was. Too. I watched it Italian. I have the Blu-ray of both these films, and oh, so okay. I, I, I watched it. It was subtitled except for one part where it went very. Um... It went English. It was dubbed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It mine, was the cops. Mine did that too. Yeah, yeah. Saw, but the cops suddenly turned from Italian to like very New York. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, the hell? I yeah. know. It sounded through me. I watched my. I watched the on um, Arrow. So mm-hmm. I guess it was the same print. And I should say on those Blu-rays, a neat thing, both films, they have an introduction from um, Gastaldi, the screenwriter. Oh, cool. He didn't have too much to say. I felt bad about Midnight because he was very like reserved about it and it was kind of just like, oh, well, you know, this was shot at a time that's very different for most people now. You know, uh, everyone has cell phones, but no cell phones existed then. You had to go and get like a token and put it in the payphone to make a call. And he's like, but I, I think you can have fun with it a little bit. And after watching it, I was like, "Dude, you're you're selling yourself short. This is a great film." Like, yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure that this film is um, palatable for a lot of people. I think it helps if you're into the whole Giallo thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you kind of got to be a fan of Giallo, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who would watch it and go, "No, this is not my thing." I don't want to know those people. It's there's an element of cheese in it, mm-hmm. you know, and there's and he did say in the intro, which is the thing we should talk about too. Um, a lot of the side characters in this are written to be kind of comedic and kind oh, of add a bit of levity to the situation. Sure, you see that. Continue uh, through the convoluted plot for us. Okay, you? so yes, she has this hallucination. She sees the murder, and the next day, uh, Gio's paper goes to press about it. And rather than the story she thought it was going to be, she is front page, center of the thing, yep. and it says, you know, famous fashion model Valentina... Tries this drug, has vision of a murder. Bamboozled. Yep. yep. She's pissed. But I love her reaction. Her yep. reaction is what makes her badass. Yep. She goes to zero to 100 immediately. And there's that great smash cut where she's immediately in the guy's office bitching yeah. at him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as she sees her friend, like they are getting to an argument about it and everything. Mm-hmm. And then like she's leaving and he's like up in the window yep. being a total jackass to her. And she just fucking picks up a rock off the street and chucks it up there and goes straight through the yeah. glass at him. That's yeah, great. I loved it. Like, she just, no no question. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck you. Now, I like the guy, Gio, too, because he's always got a cigarette in his mouth, but he mm-hmm. never has a lighter. Yeah. He's always asking, hey, do you got a lighter? <laughs> I think that's actually a fun little character. Mm-hmm. Well, they have an interesting relationship, too, because it seems like there's kind of some romantic chemistry there. Yeah, but there's something there, but they're so, actually not dating. Yeah, they're not dating. He's so sleazy, sleazy and so focused on his work, that kind of repulses her. And she has her own guy that she's into, Stefano, which we meet in this segment, too. I'm Team Geo. Yeah, I was, too, actually, <laughs> even though he's kind of a dick. but uh, So, Stefano, what we learned about him is they've kind of dated on and off a lot. They talk about, like, yo, why do we never get married... That sort of thing. Because Stefano can't be tied down. Uh, he's kind of just this brooding dude with a cool he's motorcycle. Yeah, he's making the same piece of wood with holes in it. Yeah, he makes wooden sculptures. <laughs> and I have a note on that, actually. Uh, <laughs> all his work was made by an Italian-based Japanese sculptor named Tomonori Toyofuku. Were the kids his? I, I don't know about There's that. There's a scene later yeah. on where Valentina is hanging out with him. 
And for some reason, he's keeping two Japanese children of a friend of his while he's yeah. out of town. I wondered if I missed something. And they're <laughs> like, like in kimonos and everything. Yeah. I wondered if when that scene happened, I was like, did I miss a subtitle somewhere and where it, they're explaining this? No, it, I did not. It doesn't really add to the plot. Anymore. Apparently, I did not. I, I think mean, it's just more color for Stefano and I who guess he is. Uh, it shows that family unit thing. They mm. talk about having kids or something at one point. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if those were his children. I don't the know. Artist. Interesting. Interesting thought that I don't have the answer to. <laughs> well, find out, damn it. Um, we'll the loop back around. <laughs> the other thing that happens during this also is that the police get in touch with her. Of course. Uh, helmed by Inspector Serino, played by Carlo Gentili. Hope I said that right. I don't know. It looks right. He's probably dead. I don't think he's going to come after you. <laughs> wow. I still want to be respectful. He was old in that. Don't um, say Wow. Yeah, but of course, there's this whole like media outcry about what happened in the story, and uh, Valentina has her own problems where people are canceling jobs on her because right. they don't want to be associated She's with her a now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a neat thing too, because that's like a whole subculture thing we could talk about about that time, right? Sure. The use of drugs and hallucinogenics and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting that the film is like pressing on that. Um, but yes, it's also the time of you know female empowerment. Mm-hmm. And, and that movement. So, of course, you've got to have a strong female character in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Serena wants to talk to her because the details of this murder that she saw matches a murder that happened. Yes. Murder that they have on record. And she is kind of like, you know, trying to get him to do something about it. And there's just a lot of this back and forth where he doesn't know if he believes he believes her. He wants to know, like, how she knows these details that she knows. Right. I think that's one of... Um, one of my favorite like common threads amongst a lot of Jolly is that there will be a strong female character that will have seen something or know something and they bring it to the authorities mm-hmm. and the authorities are always like stupid woman, you know, yeah. it's or always, it's, it's not always, it's, it's often a man too. It's, yeah. Especially but, like in Argento films and stuff. And, and that's kind of one of the things where I think it can sometimes make it like an empowerment film is like, um, so especially in, which another one that I watched over the week, um, Evil Eye or The Girl Who Knew Too Much. Love that one. Um, like, they keep calling her hysterical. Like, they're mm-hmm. trying to right. diminish her and put her down. And, like, there's no way that she knows what she's talking about. Yeah. And in a kind of in a sense, that's what they're doing to Valentina here mm-hmm. is like, no, there's not. And then the police will use that person to solve the crime for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's not taking their shit because she's Valentina. She's yeah. not. so that's kind of our starting situation and one thing is that one time while she's out and about she thinks in the crowd of people that's you know just walking around she sees the killer so that kind of sets her on this thing of like well he's read the article he knows now he's stalking her that i know like uh, a younger cameron mitchell with big sunglasses yeah he's got an interesting look (laughs) yeah um and so she's you know she tries to get the police to help they're they're mixed on whether they believe her or not uh, she goes to Geo. Geo's like not too helpful about it. No, his thing really is just if it develops more, he wants the story. And so she tries to take solace with Stefano, but he also doesn't really believe her either. Yeah, kind of dismissive. Um, a douche. So in the progression of her kind of working through this, in which it is the you know standard Jalo, <laughs> very convoluted, trying to figure things out, we meet some other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, there is a strange man with, you know, like long dark hair, who kind of just shows up places where she is. Yeah, and he's wanting to talk to her, 
and she's got a bad feeling about him. So every time she's just kind of like, ah, because he away. looks like a beatnik. Yeah, it's kind of like a Charles Manson type. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he did have that beatnik vibe though. He did. So that's one of your first setups. Is like, what's this guy? What's he? What's he about? What's going on? And then the next thing is, it's another woman that shows up. I believe her name is... Is it Vanessa, I think? Yes. think so. Hope so. Don't look at me. I don't know. I don't remember their names. Mm. Yeah, it was Vanessa. Yeah. And she wants to talk to her about the killing because she says that the person that was murdered was her sister. Yes. And she wants to... It's a weird scene because she's like, hey, just get in the car and we'll talk about it because I don't want to talk about it in public. (laughs) Right. And I'm thinking as I watch it, like... Well, that's kind of a dumb idea to just get in someone's car like that. (laughs) She does, and predictably, they just drive off, and she starts taking her somewhere. Mm -hmm. And where she takes her is to an insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Naturally, that's where I'd go. Mm -hmm. And we learned that supposedly the killer was caught and has been held here. Yes. For reasons of insanity. Mm -hmm. And so she wants uh, Valentina to kind of just go meet the killer, look at him, and confirm it was who she saw in her vision. So that's kind of your first standard thing, and you think, well, maybe the mystery is going to be like how, how did she, you know, find out about this? I guess, but when she gets there and sees the the killer, quote unquote, it's not the guy she saw. Right. Dun dun dun. dun, dun. So first thing, like, oh, that's not adding up. And then weirdly, Vanessa like ditches her, which is funny because mm-hmm. <laughs> she turns around and she's just like whoop, gone. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bit of an awkward scene where she tries to leave and goes the wrong way. And she gets in that wing of where there's just like patients out and about. And they all start being really creepy toward her. Right. And there's like a disturbing lack of guards here. Yeah. And eventually one of the doctors show up. And I ooh, I don't know if I remember his name either. He's not quite important enough really. But he's just like a he's like a third tier uh, suspect. Well, is he the guy with the, uh, the crutches? Yeah. He had okay. the crutches. Yeah. Um, and he kind of like quickly dissuades her away. And has her leave. But as she's leaving, she doesn't notice it, but you, the viewer, will notice in the background on one of the, like, statue bus things that are there is the iron glove. Yes. It makes a point to kind of, mm. like, stall. So then it's like, hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what about this doctor, then? That's weird. Uh, so when she gets back outside, she just by chance happens on a guy driving with a van, and she bums a ride with him. Yeah. And uh, he almost immediately is, like, perving on her, being super weird. Yes. Oh, we get a kind of a neat, like, car chase scene. Not quite a full-on car chase. Yeah, because the car's coming beside them, and she looks over, and then the passenger in the back is the guy with the sunglasses, the killer in her vision. And it's following a hearse. Yeah, following a hearse. That's right. I'm I'm remind like I'm kind of learning about this movie again. <laughs> you, it's your movie. <laughs> I know. I didn't see it beforehand. I watched it the same as you guys. I'll be honest. I hope I'm doing justice because I didn't prepare as much. Because I was like, oh, Michael will walk us through the plot. <laughs> no, you know I won't walk you through the plot. Yeah. Especially on a film that I'm, you know, I'm simple. <laughs> and so like not so sometimes I'll get lost in these, and then well, I'll, I mean. By design, these movies are overly complicated. Yeah, they are, and they're designed to kind of make you. And that's look part of the fun is you get lost in way. it. Yeah, and it all to me, it all becomes like a lot of my favorite Jalo become like a dream world mm-hmm. kind of a thing. It's yeah. like where you're lost in this dream, it's a hyper reality, and, and you know you turn one corner and think you're going to see one thing, and it's a, it's a you know something yeah. completely different. And I think I should not have watched both movies back to back. No, that was probably a mistake. <laughs> that was. 
That was me setting up for disaster for this podcast. Because you know the other thing, and I forget, it's one of the male characters that's in this. They're also in High Heels. I thought so. Yeah. I thought they all looked familiar. Yep. So the guy in the van, they pull over at some point. Yep. And he immediately, I mean, he just tries to he, up and attack her. He's got the bed in the back. Yeah, he opens the back of the van, and he's got a bed there, and there's like cutouts of centerfolds <laughs> up on the on the side of the van on the inside. And she just kicks him in the balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she should. This is the first of two ball kicks. Yes. <laughs> the other ball kick I loved. <laughs> yeah. Um, but a few things happen in the wake of this because she goes back to talk to the police again and, and the inspector. And because she tries to report the, you know, the killers in the, the vehicle right. following the thing, the one I saw. And we learned that that funeral procession was for the victim. And she finally gets a look at like the images of who died and stuff. And she realizes that the victim that was reported is not the victim that she saw. So now we've got this murder that she saw that everyone thinks is this murder that happened, but neither the killer nor the victim are the ones that she saw that were reported. Makes sense so far. Sure. (laughs) The, The next, the next additional detail, which this gets into your thing, Jason is supposedly this murder happened six months ago. Yes. And we also learn that through a little more research and digging, I think she gets Geo to help with this some too, and like what's gone in the papers. Yeah, uh, we learn they find the woman that she sees in her vision, and supposedly she committed suicide. Was it she? She laid her head on the train tracks or something. That's what they said. Yeah, yeah. she laid down on the train tracks in it. Because they were going to have to do something mm-hmm. to make up for the fact that her face was brutalized by this dude with the gauntlet hands. So yeah, you had to do something. Couldn't be just a normal. Well, the implication is that that person committed suicide. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. You got to do some sort of suicide where mm-hmm. the head's gone. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just have a hanging or like a wrist slitting. <laughs> Sorry. So like now that. we've got two killers, two victims, one killer that may not be the killer, and then it's all it's all mixed up and it gets real hazy. Yeah, it does. Um, That's one of my complaints about the movie. We have a few more interesting scenes where like the killer shows up where she is, and there's a oh, is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of light on kills in a way. That's also another one of my mm-hmm. issues. It really needed some kills mm-hmm. during that second act. Um, which we find out why when we get into the back end of this, but for the time being, we're, we're now in the thick of it mm-hmm. where she is the most lost. The viewer is the most lost. Mm-hmm. Everything's out of control. <laughs> um, there's a bit of subplot with Stefano, like the thing with the kids. Um, he has like a gallery showing coming up that he's nervous about. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still very wishy-washy about believing her or not. Uh, she gets a letter at one point that asks her to come to that apartment where she saw the killing. And she just kind of charges in <laughs> she there. Just goes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the killer jumps her and attacks her. Yeah. And there's a yeah. cool scene where she see it was Stefano in the her her apartment, yeah. right? Right yeah. across the way. He's too busy playing on the monkey bars that are built into the apartment. It's like that's why you don't put monkey bars in your house. But he doesn't see her. You know, she's yelling and he's everything. blasting music too. Yeah, yeah, he's blasting music. Playing on the monkey bars, blasting music. Yeah, she's just Stefano. Yeah. <laughs> He ain't got time for her shit. So I got like, monkey bar business. Like a lot of other Gialli, it kind of plays with the whole Hitchcock themes. Mm-hmm. Um, window and everything. But that's a near miss, and it's one of those things, too, where they don't want to believe her, because when he finally gets over there and she gets his attention, the killer's gone, and the only evidence they have is that he kind of punched out one of the locked doors mm-hmm. to get in. And so it's one of those things where it's so circumstantial, uh, they can't really right. determine anything. 
So where it starts to get even more weird, I think, and more interesting, uh, the Vanessa lady shows back up again. Yes. And we get some weird connecting lines where they start talking about how some of these characters that are on the periphery of things have been to Hamburg. And from the police end of the story, we start to learn there's this whole other plot going on about drug trafficking. Yes. And so... <laughs> now I'm a little lost. Let me, let me think through this. Oh, so, shit. We're gone. Um, it, it culminates in that they go to the graveyard. And I think it's that... Uh, well, he, she goes to the graveyard because the person at the exhibit center yeah, to like measure out some of the graves for a shoot or Someone something. wanted to commission Stefano to make a, a tombstone. Yeah, and Vanessa shows up there. It's like these people know where Valentina is at any given yeah. time. I don't know how. Maybe she's got like one of those tags you put in a cat's <laughs> ear or something. I don't know. Yeah, so she's at the graveyard uh, trying to help Stefano out and get photos of the, the grave site so he can make his little wooden... Holes <laughs> would be, be a weird tombstone, right? Because seems like that wouldn't hold up very well. Yeah, you would think metal or something. Um, but so she's there. Vanessa Have shows up. Have you seen up. a tombstone? Yeah, metal tombstones. Yeah, they're made of granite and marble. Sometimes dude. you could do metal too. Oh god! <laughs> I'm just thinking like the metal with the holes in it would look way cooler than like marble with the holes in it. I, 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 that's what I saw in my head. Maybe you don't have that artistic vision, Michael. I, I think I quit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so she sees Vanessa. They talk a little more. Vanessa thinks that she knows more of what's going on and wants her help to uncover the truth because she thinks that the person that actually killed her sister mm-hmm. is the wrong person and it's, it's not the guy in the insane asylum. And someone tries to kill them with a statue. Yeah, they try to drop a statue on them. <laughs> and then immediately after that... I love that scene because... Okay, so the statue's like hanging by a rope. like They've been working on it, like trying to get it in place or something. And they linger on it, too. Yeah. yeah. So it shows someone with a knife cutting the rope, <laughs> and it starts to fall. And Valentina screams, and the other woman just... She's blinks. gone. Yeah. <laughs> she is out of there. Which then it makes you wonder, like, does she know? Right, right. right. Um, but the doctor from the insane asylum shows up again. Yes. And he... Says he's to also tracking her, <laughs> Valentina. That Vanessa's crazy, and she's having these delusions, and not to trust her. Mm-hmm. So now you have to wonder: Is she like concocting all this story and drawing Valentina along? It's just it's just another wrinkle in the right in the pot on all this. Now is this when Vanessa shows up dead? Or no, I think um, there's some interim where she kind of tries to like get away from everything, and she goes out clubbing. There's two or three scenes like that. Yeah, that's when she's wearing the wig made of yeah, wind chime wig. Yeah, yeah, trying to hide out. Very strange. Um, they're really incidental. They're just fun, like scene building. Yeah, moments. Um, so then I think the next big thing is one of those times when she's partying, the strange guy that's hovering about finally talks to her, and says what he. Oh, the Charles Manson looking dude. Yeah, is he Henri? I think or Pepito? I forget his name. One of those guys. Yeah, uh, they all kind of blend together. Unfortunately, yeah. I have names bouncing around from high hills yeah, too. It's all these Italian guys, you know. Um, wow, racist. But he says that he like knew Vanessa and her sister and all this and da da da. And he says that he knows who the killer is and wants Valentina to come with him to it was like their estate, right? That they have, and he was gonna like give her more info. Right. Seems like a solid, uh, yeah, solid decision for her to make. Mm-hmm. Sure. So in the in the shake of everything, she ends up going there. There's a weird like misdirection, I guess, where they try to make you think that it could be him as the killer, where there's a dead cat. Yeah, very obviously fake dead cat. Thanks. <laughs> that, that was a weird scene. Yeah, and Valentina's repulsed by it, and then Vanessa's there too, 
And in the end, she goes in, and they reveal to her this photo album, and we learn that the killer that she saw in the vision... With the glasses. With the glasses, was Vanessa's sister's manager. She was like an aspiring actress model kind of deal. Everybody out there got this. Right. So we're, that's our next you know drop is like, oh, he is the killer. And so then the assumption is... <laughs> I don't know is, if we're doing a good job selling on Giallo here. <laughs> the assumption is, is that he was like controlling of her, ended up killing her in like Fury Rage or something. Uh-huh. But, sure. I don't know. They're soap operas, man. No, I mean... It's, that's it's, it's supposed to be convoluted. It's difficult, yeah. it's difficult yeah. to describe, but it's much more fun to actually watch. Mm-hmm. I think these are the type of... Like, when I watch Giallo... I love how convoluted they get because mm-hmm. I love how lost in the story you get. And yeah, it just draws. And then you if in. you try to explain it to somebody, like you're gonna have to sit down. I'm gonna need to get the string and a whiteboard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then he shows up with the iron glove. He's there. He's ready. He's coming at him. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit of a struggle, a bit of altercation. Valentina gets out of there immediately, books it to the police, and is like, "Hey, I know who the killer is. We figured it all out. The killer's there. We have to go. He's like gonna hurt someone." So the inspector comes out full force, brings his people, they head there, and when they get there, there's no killer. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. And there's no sign of anything, and she's like, well, I can show you the photo album. They go inside. Picture's gone. Picture's gone. It's been removed. So it kind of dead ends almost, and the only thing you get, her one concession, is that she points out that there are like tire tracks where a vehicle was there and it drove off. Yes. And I think that might be when Vanessa dies, right? In the altercation in the house. I know she's in her car. She's stabbed yeah. off screen. There's, she runs outside. A, and Yeah, there's yeah. a knife in her chest. Which, again, that's one of my biggest complaints. We need some kills in this movie. <laughs> there's only like one or two and they all have, happen off screen. Uh, there's As they start running down what actually happened in that murder, that was actually a pretty cool scene. That was good. And I wanted mm-hmm. more of that. I wanted more actual murders with that glove. But yeah. we, don't, we don't get that. Because you know. it's such a unique uh, murder right. weapon for a killer. I think it's also fashioned after the weapon that the guy in Blood and Black Lace had. Mm. Yeah, I can it was see that. like a spiked glove type thing. Cool. <laughs> Please continue. I think we're almost at the end. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of dead-ended now because we, we think we know the killer. Um, and then there's more of this like drug subplot that starts to take a focus. We get some weird, shady characters that show up. Yeah. One of them was one of my favorite characters um, ever. You can tell that one's been like getting high on his own supply. He kind of just like giggles <laughs> and laughs. Yeah. I, that's the one I like. I think he's Hans. Yeah, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> he does that all the time. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Um, and so they're kind of lurking about and being weird and mysterious too. Now they're in the mix. Yeah. And there's that scene where one of them is smoking a cigarette on that big cigarette holder. Yeah. And then Geo comes along again, needing a light. And he just walks up to the guy. And he's like, could I, could I get a light? And he puts, holding yeah. the cigarette in his mouth, he puts up against the cigarette that the guy has in his cigarette holder. So they're like six inches away from each other as he's getting his <laughs> cigarette lit off the other guy's cigarette. Why do you have a problem with that, Jason? It's just so weird and so awkward. I don't think Could you imagine someone that? coming up to you, some stranger? And I used to light my cigarettes without a cigarette holder. And I would just like walk up to dudes and be like, hey, can we touch... <laughs> Can touch we touch tips? the tips? Yeah. Just the tips. I need a light. <laughs> okay. Um, and I don't know why it made <laughs> me think of this, anymore, but so. one of the like comedy subplot things I really like because it was so goofy is um, Valentina has like a like a bellhop that's at the apartment where she stays. Yes. 
And it's this whole thing where he, she, she wants milk every day. Yeah. And he constantly is like, oh, miss, I, I couldn't get any milk yet. I'll bring you some later. <laughs> he does this really funny whistle when yeah. he shows up. It's like his I'm here whistle. Mm-hmm. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, because she does it back to him, too. Yeah, I want to start doing that every time I come home. <laughs> yeah, well, see how your wife likes that. I mean, she's never there, so it's not just whistle <laughs> to anyone who listens. My dog's like, he's home! <laughs> <laughs> so it starts to unravel now, and we mm-hmm. get the truth. And what actually was going on is there's this weird drug trafficking ring that was originally based in Hamburg, where a lot of these ancillary characters like Vanessa's sister and the other murdered woman were involved in Mm -hmm. and they were involved and they were bringing drugs to oh fuck it just left my mind where's this film set it's in uh uh italy Italy. it's (laughs) venice right no uh it's one of the cities there it's one of the cities in italy Mm. it's a city bad podcasting guys it's a city in europe (laughs) it's the city of Um, It's a European city. Yeah, so you've got this international drug trafficking thing going on. and Does it matter, Dustin? It does matter. Okay. Anyways, so what we learn is that uh, there was these murders where they were like killing the people that knew about the drug trafficking to get them out of the way. And in the process of that, they needed to like pin it on someone. And they they made the producer-manager guy go crazy to want to kill... Vanessa's sister, and then they set up the other person to take the blame. Uh huh. I mean, it sounds and like a foolproof so, plan to me. Yeah, it's this convoluted, like trading murder kind of thing to mask their drug trafficking thing and clean all that out and keep it on the level. But I think the true payoff, though, is like so when Valentina, like basically when these guys are gonna, they gotta get rid of Valentina now, right? Because she knows. And they got to kill her, but they're kind of toying with her. Right. They break into her apartment and kind of ambush her. And they they kill the... The killer in her dream, in her vision, they kill. Yeah, they yeah. kill. He's laying there on the couch now with a knife, knife in his... Just like with Vanessa. Because they want to frame it that she killed him. Right. They're trying to get her prints on the, mm-hmm. on the blade and everything. Yeah. Because that wraps everything up in their like, narrative into a nice tight bow. Where they're, it's trying, like, they're trying to hang her like she hanged herself in despair yeah, after yeah. killing the guy. So it's like she went crazy, she killed the guy, then she killed herself. Right. And then they like can vanish from the scenario. Yes. But I think the fun thing that they do is that... Like you, they they cut to scenes of Stefano, like riding his motorcycle back home, and you mm-hmm. think, okay, Stefano's going to get there just in time, save the day. He's going to save the day. Stefano gets there, and like she runs to him and like flings herself on him, and his response to the dudes is, "Why haven't you killed her yet?" Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and I was like, "Fuck, Stefano!" <laughs> I knew I knew Stefano was bad news, and that's kind of the hook in is that the whole time he knew everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And was just realizing, like, oh, I'm gonna have to kill her. I can't let her live. I hope those Japanese kids are okay. I'm sure they're fine. Hopefully, he does mention that they're they're gonna leave like That's true. the yeah. next day. So I kind of want to like I don't want to spend too much more time, but I actually really dug the fight. The last 15 minutes of this movie are amazing. Yep, I love the rest of this movie. So Geo shows up, like Geo fucking figures it out like almost well, figures it out well he see he goes back to the table where he was getting a light and they've got like it's like a picture of uh valentina mm-hmm. like and circled, circled from yeah. a magazine so he's like oh these people were oh they're after her and he runs back yeah and so he shows up and i love how he plays it off like he's he's he turns into like super badass <laughs> and i love it so like 
he's banging on the door and he's like, I'm going to beat the door down if you don't show up. Like, I know you're in there. I'm going to beat the door down. And so Stefano like tries to go play it cool and everything opens the door and he's like, yeah, she's, she's in the bath. She can't come talk to you. She's in the bath. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Geo notices dead dude on the couch, Yeah, but plays it off super like sly and everything. And he's like, He's still got the unlit cigarette in his mouth, which I love. Yeah. And, he's, and he's like patting himself. Do you have a light? <laughs> and so as Stefano goes to give him a light, Gio like fucking tackles him yeah. through the door yeah, yeah. and turns into a badass and starts beating the shit out of everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, this fight kind of... And it is kind of a charming thing because he is such of like a fuck up the whole film. Yeah. But then when the chips are down and you actually need him to do something, he is like resourceful enough to help out. And I love what he does. He actually, he's like... Um, you're gonna be in trouble if you don't catch me. Yeah, he gets the he gets Valentina down, and then they're kind of rallying against them, and he just books it and says, "Hey, if you don't catch me and kill me, you're gonna be in trouble." Yeah, so they follow him because yeah. clearly he knows what's up now too. And that giggly blonde dude has a back brace with knives. Yes, yes. it's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of um, when I first saw it, I was like, "Why is he wearing like backwards body armor?" <laughs> yeah. It's it reminded me of Danny Trejo's character from Desperado. Yeah. Oh yeah, where yeah, he yeah. had like the knife yeah. vest, and, yeah. like for some reason that was his method of trying to kill everybody. He was throwing knives at him. Not the most efficient method. No, I mean he killed a lot of people in Desperado. Mm-hmm. So the Danny Trejo, but, the yeah. final like act of this movie is this crazy rooftop brawl. That's crazy. Slash chase that goes on. Yeah, and it, it's like sloppily choreographed, but almost purposefully because it's like a street brawl. You know, but it looks people, good. And it yeah. actually looks good. Yeah, I mean, you buy it. Yeah. It feels very natural. Mm-hmm. There is a scene, and like I think one of the coolest parts of the fight is Geo's like got the upper hand here. And the dude that he knocks down just fucking kicks him in the balls. Yeah. yeah and you don't yeah. see that that often <laughs> uh-uh. in, a, in a fight. Like, he just... And Gio goes down. He's like, oh! <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, it drops. Yeah. <laughs> but it finally... Like, that's our kind of culmination. And there's of, that scene where he's fighting the blonde dude with the knives, right? And there's... What was that? Was that, like, a lie or something that was on the roof? It was yeah. something they were using to make mortar with or something. And he dunks his head in it, man. Dunks his head in it and he's like screaming. <laughs> yeah. And he comes up later and his face is all white and he's like red bleeding from his eyes. I'm like, holy shit, it's the Joker. <laughs> it's like a Joker origin story. He's got the knives and everything. I want a movie about this guy. I mean, the, this really was kind of the most fun part of the movie mm-hmm. was the back. It was some amazing it. action I didn't really expect out of this film either. Yeah, and Stefano's beating up on Gio. He's about to kill him, but then bam. The Valentina super shoots him. No, Valentina shoots him. Yeah. No, no, shoots and then Stephano. super cop shows up and kills Yeah, the, the guy with the knives is about to st- uh, throw his knives at each of them. But yeah. then the cop shows up and shoots him. Because he, after talking to Gio also on his own and like tracking the drug stuff, he pieces it together too. Right. Yeah, and the uh, this little secret drug trade thing is thwarted. Drugs uh, are bad, kids. Drugs are bad. Death walks at midnight. Valentina is saved. Her and Gio kind of have a moment. And hopefully Geo buys a fucking lighter. Yeah. No, the, him not having a lighter is what saved his ass. I the think by law in Italy, if someone asks you for a light, you have to give them a light. You know, even sure. if it's like your mortal enemy, you're in a dangerous situation, you have to. Give it's them like a, a parlay. <laughs> right. Parlay. <laughs> you have to parlay. Right. So that's the film. I think we all, regardless of thoughts, it's all we all thought it was super fun. I think. Yeah, I had a good time. One of the big it. takeaways. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, if we want to go deeper, I guess, into more of our finalized thoughts, yeah, sure. do you want to talk about that? 
I'll go does, first. Does anyone have any other fun facts or anything for the film? Um, or? Let me double check. Let, let me do. Let me check my research that I brought. You didn't bring the research. I've got. Uh, I've got two. Apparently, in some other regions, it had a different name, and it was called "Cry Out in Terror." That's lame. Don't like that name. No, um, that name doesn't lame. sound like a giallo. Just a fun connection. There's a Rolls Royce that features prominently in Death Walks on High Heels, and they reused the same vehicle in Midnight. Oh, Vanessa's mm. cool ride. Yeah, yeah, that's a sweet car. That's pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't think this. I would not recommend this as entry level. Oh, Giallo. No. I think this no. is like maybe secondary. Yeah. You know, second second tier. Um, I like it overall. I think this, the second act really needed some kills. Yeah. Uh, just, That's my biggest criticism about it. It sags too much for me. Because what I wrote down for a thing to remember is like the actual kill we see with the Iron Glove is amazing. Yeah. That's like one of the best kills I've seen in any it Giallo. needed more of that. And there needed to be more, yeah. It was fucking brutal, man. Mm-hmm. Like they actually showed dude just wailing. Yeah, yeah. And he just like destroys her face. And I'm thinking, okay, more of that, please. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you don't get it. It's very disappointing. Uh, But the last 15, 20 minutes are really fun and really exciting. And that brought it back up for me. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you guys feel about the sort of twist reveal of like the the truth behind everything? It didn't matter. Didn't matter. It really didn't matter at that point. Uh, So here's my thing about this, because we wanted to talk about the drugs for a second. And I'll loop this back in before we Mm -hmm. wrap up. Um, so she takes these drugs. She has this vision. Mm-hmm. Supposedly it's from a thing from six months ago. Mm-hmm. So the question is, did she get extra sensory perception right. or not? Yeah, that's my issue. And my thought is they, they float this idea for a little bit, but they don't really explore it enough. And I know other Gialli have done this, but it's just like one throwaway line. They talk about like, well, maybe it was something she had seen before and the drugs kind of brought it back up to her memory. Okay. And so I thought about like... Part of the reason with the end when they hook everything in, uh, Stefano like helped find her apartment that she lives in, and the reason he picked that one is because it was across from the other one where they staged the murder, and it was so he could like survey that other apartment and keep tabs on it and what was going on there. Okay, so maybe she saw the murder yeah. happen. So my maybe theory I'm going to toss out here is that she saw that murder happen, forgot about it, which is a typical jolly plot. And then it was the drugs that brought that memory back up to the surface. Okay. Sure. Which thus set off the whole chain of events that they had to kill her. I'll buy that cover it up. before a psychic vision type thing. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Just a thought. That works. I mean, it's not like I can say that, you know, that's too far-fetched. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> the rest really, of this movie is definitely... We don't know enough about the drug to really say too much. Because all we get is like, oh, it's a hallucinogenic, so... Right. Who knows? I don't buy that it's... Uh, there's nothing about this that tells me it's supernatural, though. No, I don't think so either. I don't buy that at all. Uh, yeah. I don't have anything, like, all right. deep thoughts about it. Jason, final thoughts. Um, yeah. It's a fun movie. It's, it's like I say, the second act is lags. If it had more kills, I would rate it higher. Yeah. Um, but man, that last 15 minutes. So, so much, much fun. fun. That came back alive. Um... And I want more of that blonde dude with the knives. I'm like, where's his movie? <laughs> I want to see this guy's story. Uh, I think final rating, I would probably give it three and a half. Mm. Okay. So I liked it. It was good. But it it just didn't have enough oomph to really get to that four-star rating. Jason's sitting about where I am okay. on it. And I, I maybe lean more towards the four. Mm. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I almost view it as like, 
I almost think I liked it more because I watched it in conjunction mm-hmm. with Death Walks on High Heels because it's almost like... I think it's an amazing double feature. Yeah, you kind of like get these two different sides of Valentina. Mm-hmm. And she's great. She carries she's amazing. the movie. Yeah. You know, I think if it wasn't for her and Gio, too, the actor who played him, that second act, I, I probably would have tuned out, to be honest with you. So I think Jason's dead on. Like, this is not an entry-level mm-hmm. Jallo. Like, if somebody's like, well, give, recommend me a good Jallo film to start with. This is not one no, that I would right. be like. No. This is after you've watched a couple and you want to branch out. This is advanced studies. And mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons that I chose this film because I wanted to go past the the main directors that we always the see. The obvious one, sure. And I think this one is pretty highly rated in general, right? It is, yeah. yeah it's it's well-liked. Um, but I wanted to scoot past, like, you know, we don't need to sit here and talk about Argento. Right. We don't need to talk about Baba. We like, don't need to. I mean, we can. yeah, we can. But, like, those are the ones I'm going to tell you to go watch if you want to see Giallo. Mm-hmm. That you've and you've never seen it, which we name dropped a lot of those in our fifth court episode, right? But I wanted to 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 look for somebody that was a classic Giallo director that it doesn't get thrown out a mm-hmm. lot. Like there's a lot of these films that are within the same vein, right? That are forgettable. Like I don't want to say this is forgettable, but it very well could be. Mm-hmm. You know, if you watch a ton of these, you're probably not going to remember it. So I'm um, going to sit at three and a half. I'm really happy I watched it. Um, this will probably be one of those that I like flex my uh, <laughs> my giallo brain with. Your, your nerd knowledge? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll say, you know, bless Arrow for restoring this oh, movie yeah. and High Hills. Cause it looks great. Amazing. Um, I quite liked it. Maybe a little more than you guys. I think I would give it like a four. Okay. I notice I tend to be really forgiving on giallo because as long as it was enjoyable and entertained me, I'm like, yes, I love it. Great. Sure. Uh, does the twist and the play out of everything make perfect sense? Mm, no, not quite. But there's a part in the middle of it. I think it's when you get su- it gets suggested that Vanessa might be crazy. At that point, you're so deep, and there's so many like who it could be things that I just love it because you're so you're so lost at that point. And, and Valentina is lost. You're lost. You're just in this dreamlike world where there's a killer and something's going on but you have no clue what it is right you're, yeah you're just as lost as the protagonist right? uh, Jason you're absolutely right there should be more kills that's like the biggest criticism I could give it if it just had like one or two more mm-hmm. I think it would be so much more solid Yeah. but I think the problem is is that we know that the killer that she sees is on this like kind of set up revenge quest thing so there's no real impetus for him to want to kill anyone other than sure the directly the connected. other people want to kill people so mm-hmm. you just show them off screen you don't show mm-hmm. the person's face you just show the black gloves approaching right. this person that would have been maybe the answer to squeeze that in there yeah. uh but yeah in the end i i give it about a four okay. quite liked well, it we're on the same, same um, and i would give the same score to high heels okay. i also liked it a ton i I'll liked have to it, watch it i liked it for different reasons i will say like midnight i think is the better composed as like a complete package High Heels is kind of bonkers, it to be bonkers, honest. man. And it's, uh, the only way I can think to describe it, it's a very horny film. Yeah. Like, there is yeah. so much, like, sexual innuendo in it and just, like, eroticism baked in, which is a trope that sometimes is often in uh, Horn, Gialli. Horny Giallo, you said. Yeah. Okay. Right. You had me at horny. <laughs> yeah. So definitely, definitely get around to that, Jason. Okay. Will do. All right. So I think that wraps us up on this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's next? So next we're going to have Jason's pick for our continuing Giallo January celebration. Speaking of horny Giallo. Uh-oh. <laughs> now you've seen this, Dustin. I don't think Michael's seen Probably it. Probably not. 
But we're going to do, from 1987, director Lamberto Bava, Delirium. I have oh, seen Delirium. God, yes. You've seen Delirium. Yes. We actually okay. watched we that watched together. We watched it together. Do you look forward to watching it again? Uh, I do, because it's batshit. It yep. is. It's so much fun. Uh, it's one of the sleazier oh, yeah. So It gets fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's underseen. I never hear anyone really talk about this movie. This uh, is one you probably want to watch alone. No, we watch no. with a group of friends and beers. A group of understanding friends. Right. <laughs> so we're okay if you take a few moments. <laughs> I'm but, glad you uh, picked this, though, because this is super fun. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, um, was, where could people watch it if they want to play I'm, along? I'm looking that up right now. And he didn't oh. have it? God, what a lame-ass We were starting the year off wrong, man. Just Well, you know, we can edit this shit. It's like, yeah... I can, you can't. <laughs> you never learned to do it. Shut up. So will Michael be gracious enough to... Will he? Oh, won't he? He will. He's my bud. Where did we watch? Didn't we watch it on Prime before? I, I, had, I had the blue. I have the DVD. Well, can we use your blue? I'll just have the regular DVD. Yeah. I, I'm looking. Unfortunately, there's like a tons of movies called Delirium. I think one just came out like this year, last year too. So... Uh... Okay, it is not available for streaming. Sorry, Jason, Jason, Jason. Well, I bet it's probably on the YouTube's or something. It probably is on the YouTube, or it's on Amazon. You can actually buy it, probably. <laughs> Michael's out. <laughs> you gotta pay for it. Okay, so okay, so delirium. next time, delirium, Lamberto Baba. Find it wherever you can, mm-hmm. and watch it along with us if you'd like, so you can join us on the conversation. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We're so excited for this year. Uh, I got a lot of fun things planned. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully more to reveal soon. If you listen to our last end of the year episode, you kind of know what we're up to. Uh, but hopefully we can get that rolling out very soon and interact with you guys even more. So please, if you have a recommendation for us, whether it be a film to watch or if you think you might have a block of films that you think we should check out or an a idea, a topic, a topic we yeah. should check out, send that to us. Um, you can always catch us on all your favorite socials, or you can send us email if you're old, genreexposure at gmail.com. I await every night in the tower for the raven. It's not coming. <laughs> no, I don't think so. We're probably just going to get a pigeon. Mm. Nobody's going to send a raven. We just get a pigeon. Okay. I'll take a pigeon. Until then, you've been listening to Genre Exposure, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, everyone. Take care. listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening